Before we get back to Door to Eternity, please consider this amazing offer. Forget 1% cash back. Forget even 2% cash back rewards. How would you like to get 5% cash back from purchases at major outlets like Walmart, Amazon, Target, and more? I just got 5% back from my latest two purchases, and it's being put right back into my account. It was for $2.18 and $1.64 from two simple purchases. What's crazy is that it only took about one week to get it back where I can use it. I've never had this kind of effortless cash back on a card before. It's like going into any of these stores with a permanent 5% off discount on everything. And you don't have to bring any coupons. Get your own World Debit MasterCard and set up a direct deposit and receive your paycheck up to two days early. You can automatically deposit any portion you choose, invest it in crypto, and then seamlessly manage your cash and cryptocurrencies in seconds from one place. For a limited time, you can qualify for a free $100 bonus and a sleek metal card when you set up your first direct deposit only, though this link at cryptocard.doortoeternity.net. Again, that's cryptocard.doortoeternity.net. Welcome. You are about to enter the Door to Eternity podcast with your host, Jesse Carter, who provides you with a rare viewpoint of end times prophecy explained by a normal everyday guy who guides you down a simple roadmap toward taking advantage of your eternal destiny. You're standing at your door to eternity. So come on in and join us. Welcome to Door to Eternity. I'm your host, Jesse Carter. Today we will get into actually the door part of Door to Eternity. So mostly we'll focus on the eternity part in most of our episodes. But today, what is the door? What does it mean for you? But before we begin, let me give my disclaimer. Uh, I've never given disclaimers because, you know, my word is my word, but some people sometimes get uh, offended or sometimes they don't understand. So (laughs) this time, guess what? I'm going to do a disclaimer. Okay, so I do that so that you're not led astray by my opinions or experiences, which may be different than yours. As I plan to demonstrate, I'm just a normal person, a normal guy, who has a strong desire to learn stuff, particularly about past, present, and future events that many call prophecy. As a geologist, a scientist, I am always testing my knowledge against possible theories, and I make the best possible application or perhaps wisdom gained from what I've learned and continue to learn. I'm not a prophet, nor do I speak for God nor have I heard any audible messages or voices from either angels or God himself. And I'll make that clear. A lot of times you don't know what these people that you sometimes hear, they really say they're a messenger from God. Well, I'm saying I'm not from that standpoint. For that matter, I have no internal voices. (laughs) You might want to know that telling me anything either, other than my brain contemplating on what I've read, learned, and applied through reasoning. I have not been given any insight from dreams or visions, although I believe the Holy Scriptures are clear that these events that I'll be discussing will take place during the final days on this side of eternity. But I have not been given any extra insight other than what the Scriptures portray as they sync with the world events and current data I will be relaying to you. 
So to recap, these opinions, views, and statements made by me are those of my own and in no way constitute gospel. They are for entertainment purposes only, and they could be wrong, so you're listening at your own risk. Now, does that sound like a pretty good enough disclaimer? I hope so. Anyway, I... <laughs> I just hate misleading people. Anything other than this guy might know what he's talking about, and that's as far as you go with it, okay? Indeed, looking at the scriptures, one of Jesus's famous teachings, you know, the Sermon on the Mount, he actually said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. And that's found in Matthew seven fifteen. So later on in his Olivet Discourse, that's prophecy, he added that many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And that is also in Matthew 24, 11. Let's get into talking about false prophets, okay? Now that we're on the subject, there will be a lot of people trying to lead people astray, and they're doing it now. You can see it all over the place if you just think about it and look at it. So the book of Revelation also warns of, quote, the false prophet. And this is the main guy, as it will be, of what is called the tribulation during those end times. Now, if you're looking and you don't know anything about Revelations, and sometimes we get inundated with so much information, go to Revelation chapter 16, verse 13, chapter 19, verse 20, chapter 20, verse 10. And this is also that I don't want to ever deceive you or mislead you. But I do have the key component here, and that's reason. And so do we all, to one degree or another. You can certainly understand what I'm saying, and you can do more research to validate what I'm saying. In fact, I would encourage that. I will say this, if any man or woman gives instruction that does not align with the Holy Scriptures and is contrary to it, then he or she is definitely not speaking for the Creator or God as it were. And that is really the only authority that we have on earth is the Holy Scriptures. If anybody comes up with anything different with their own set of Scriptures or their own new holy book, it's probably off the mark. No offense to anything you've already read or believe or any religious group that you belong to. I don't want to offend you, but in my opinion, and and we can validate the actually the Holy Scriptures in many, many, many ways, which you can't do with any other religious text. Uh, getting into archaeology and on, it's been proven over and over and over that the Holy Scriptures are true in every sense of the word, even when it comes to science. And I know many people dispute that, but uh, that's our only way that we can truly look at things in a religious sense and compare it to whether we're getting the truth or we're getting untruths. And many historians you go back have even validated the things that you will find in the Christian Holy Scriptures. I know of one preacher who he and his wife actually stated to me once, he said that half of the Bible is fiction and it's made up of fairy tales. Well, in my opinion, I disputed that, that I'm against that teaching because if we can't believe in what the Scriptures say, then what can we believe? And it has to be 100% true as far as we can say. Uh, who are we as humans, as created beings, to go against that? that. Again, to be clear, if any prophet or prophetess or preacher or minister, bishop even, or head of any religious organization tells you that, they have the authority to speak for God 
You really should be done with listening to them, as they are leading people astray, in my opinion. Let me get to the point of this conversation and why I'm doing this. I believe, in everything that I'm seeing, that time is growing short on this side of eternity. So don't waste your time with the likes of people like that that will lead you astray. Now, I only offer my own perspective in interpreting the Bible and the biblical facts that I have access to at this given moment. And some things can change, so I might re-look at it, as you should too. We're all reasonable people. We all use logic. We all think things through, but things change. Then we have to look back on the things that have changed. For instance, being a scientist, I look at things in that manner. And, you know, the whole thing about climate change and people going to green energy, everything seemed to be a good idea. So people got into solar and they got into wind energy, okay? I didn't have anything against wind energy, but as a person that loves birds and creation and animals, I hate to see any animal get killed needlessly. Wind energy, it's free. Why not get it? Why not tap into it? But now we know the birds are being killed by the tens of thousands. And it really makes me upset that they continue to push these windmills when it just brings in a fraction, just a fraction of our energy needs, all the while killing birds and many of them endangered species. So I'm not for windmills as I maybe once had been. That gives you an idea of how we can look at something and think it's great, and then we have a new perspective and we change that. People rail against, you know, hydrocarbons. My thinking is, well, what are you going to do with everything that's plastic in this world? Do you not know that plastic comes from petroleum products almost exclusively? Are you going to stop drilling? Our society would almost end overnight if you stop using petroleum products. Seriously, you, you can't get rid of petroleum fuels, fossil fuels, hydrocarbons. You just can't. We, every, just about everything's made of plastic. Your phone, everything has plastic in it. The cars we drive, pretty much all of that is plastic. So you're not going to get rid of it. You can act like you've got knowledge. You can look at it and say, okay, well, let's be responsible with it. Or you can look at it foolishly and say, let's get rid of all of it, as we you see across the board sometimes. Along with me, you will want to be in the knowledgeable and the wisdom group rather than the foolish group that you see sometimes of people around you. Think about the things that I talk about over the episodes. Quite frankly, I think that's why you're here. You're here to gain more knowledge, more wisdom, and a new perspective on the subject of eternity, right? I know I am. I'm going to learn some new things as I do research to present to you and the audience that comes to this podcast. I do have one warning, and this is for me more than you. And also it gets back to these, quote, false prophet types. In Revelation, it has a warning, and it, it's kind of a stark warning. You don't think about it, but in Revelation chapter 22, verses 18 through 19, it reads, and it's in quotes, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book, end quote. That's not good for anyone, right? 
I don't want that on my back. No, siree. I think it's clear that you do not want to say anything that detracts from the truth of the revealing message at hand. And we can all reason, we can all, you know, think about things, ponder things, but I'm not going to say anything that's and say, yep, this comes right from the scripture, unless, you know, it's it's like I'm, I'm paraphrasing, and I'll try to say that I'm paraphrasing, and then you can go back and look at the real quote or the real scripture or wherever I get it from, whichever book that I'm reading from. So anyway, I'll try to say I'm paraphrasing if I'm into that. But I certainly don't want that on my back where I deceive you or lead you astray. And the consequences are just (laughs) giving false information is not good. So, uh, you know, I want to stay away from that. And you might want to do the same thing. Don't, you know, add to things flippantly saying, well, the Bible says this. And you might want to add the word paraphrasing. (laughs) Or I understand it's something like and then give what you think it is. All right. Now, on the flip side, you get a bonus from things that I say from things you hear and things that you read on your own. And here it is, okay, the bonus. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, it says, quote, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and obey what is written in it, because the time is near, end quote. Did you hear that last part? Yes, you can be blessed by God just for reading the book of Revelation. And I think it's just that book. Now, don't get me wrong. You get blessings by reading, you know, the Bible and and other commentaries from authors, you know. But I think the real blessing that it's talking about is just from that book. From hearing me state it, as I did just now, you'll be blessed. So be blessed. You don't get a lot of blessings, I don't think, in my view. So quite frankly, in my opinion, the blessing will come in the form of gaining more knowledge and wisdom. You could be blessed in other ways, but it could be that he wants to bless you with that exact moment you need it. Who am I to say, definitively or otherwise? Still, it will give you, and I, insight into properly navigating from this side of eternity to the other side. That's what we're talking about here today. We're, we're kind of in a womb, as I mentioned from the first part. We're in a womb of life. We're in a womb of eternity here on this earth. Much like we were in our mother's womb, we had our own perception of what reality was in our own way of thinking, and it was limited, right? As a baby inside the womb, it's limited until you're born outside and you learn things and you grow. That's what we're doing now. We're learning and we're growing in this womb of the earth eternity. And at some point, as a geologist, I'm going to tell you and give you some information, real science, that shows you how special this earth really is. Speaking about the book of Revelation, that's not a frightening word, but the where it comes from is frightening. And the frightening word is apocalypse. You hear danger, you hear end times things, you hear all kinds of alternate reality type stuff. It's terrible times is what you think, or at least that's the perception that most do. But apocalypse is the English version of the Greek word apocalyptine. I hope I'm saying that right. Apocalyptine could be. Anyway, in its further translation into the word revelation. So from the Greek, it is translated literally meaning, quote, 
from cover, end quote, which is like a revelation of greater knowledge of some kind, which is where the title of the book comes from. Or it could mean a disclosure of some kind or an uncovering. Those are two more meanings of that uh, word, uh, apocalyptine. So it kind of gives you an idea that revelation is really the same word as apocalypse. But a lot of times people don't think of it in that sense. Uh, they hear the word apocalypse and they hear the, you know, that some of the comic book characters felt a little different. Uh, you also hear that, uh, remember that Bruce Willis movie, Apocalypse? You had that uh, meteor coming to Earth. Well, actually, there is a meteor coming to Earth in the book Revelation, and certainly it could be where that's where they got the word apocalypse from. So what or who is Revelation revealing? That's the main story, and here it is. It's revealing the story of Jesus Christ, or as some call it, his story or history. That's a play on words. I've, I've always thought it was kind of clever. When you say history, it's really his story. And you'll see that if you read the Holy Scriptures. It's really about him. And that's a good thing, right? It's good to know that maybe your creator has a, a book about himself that you can tap into and find out, oh, okay, I'll get to know him a little bit better. Just as if you would like to know, you know, people a little bit better. It's something about that, understanding someone better. Or as the old Indian tale talks about, I've walked a mile in his moccasins, you know. And so you do that. You walk a mile in someone else's shoes and you see it from their perspective. Well, in this case, you read the Holy Scriptures and you find out who the Creator is. You certainly find out who Jesus Christ is. And it's spelled differently in some languages. Think the Hebrew, it's Yeshua. And I don't know how to say it properly with the, um, it's Jesus the Messiah, actually. So Yeshua the Messiah or Yeshua Hamashiach. Is it pronounced? I don't know how to spell it, but anyway. Did you know that Door to Eternity is a listener-supported program? Besides the small funding we get promoting some of our product offerings, Door to Eternity is supported by generous tips and spare change offered by our listeners. For tipping us, we do ask that you consider using Zelle as a way to quickly and easily tip us. Zelle is totally free to use and found at over 300 major banks, probably including yours. And 100% of the money comes directly to us. On your bank's online or mobile app, look for a button or link that says, Send Money with Zelle, usually spelled in all caps. Click it and just enter an email address of the recipient. That's us. And the amount you wish to send. And in five seconds, it will be received. Our email to use is doortoeternity at outlook.com. The bonus of this is that your name will never be recorded by us. You've heard about recent hacks and names being doxxed and exposed? Well, with Zelle, hacking won't happen from our end, since it's all done within your own bank's encrypted system. You will, however, get a receipt or notice from your bank that it was sent successfully to the recipient, which is us. Our email again to use with Zelle is doortoeternity at outlook.com. You can also go to doortoeternity.com forward slash support us for additional means of support. The wise saying, ask and you shall receive, is how we will boldly ask for your help. Thanks for your consideration of support. That's what it is. 
So, interpreting the future, as we will see in all of this, is looking at scriptures along with the current events and then comparing it all against a trend that is revealing in the future prophetic events and timelines as discussed in the scriptures. Now, that seems like a mouthful. Really, it's just comparing the current events to what is recorded. And the recorded part is it shows things that have happened. It shows things that will happen. So what we will do in this podcast is look at current events and compare it against that trend of what we might see in the future or prophetic events. So we do all of this through reason, which is the combination of knowledge and wisdom. Reveal some hidden truths we want to learn. In a sense, these hidden truths that we want to learn about is shut behind a door of sorts. And in that analogy, it's like you're in one room and you're wanting to go into the next room to see what's in there or to do whatever you need to in the other room. But to get there, you sometimes have to go through a door, right? So bear with me and get this analogy and we'll get to that door part. So it is up to us to turn the knob on the door. That's where the reasoning comes in. And then we open the door to reveal what is now before us. So we've got to use our reasoning to turn that knob before we can open that door. As it is in the actual real world, moving from one secure place to another often is done through the door. So the concepts of eternity can be complex at times. As I mentioned, sometimes people lead you astray. They'll say uh, all kinds of stuff that you have to do. Uh, you got to go through certain rituals. Don't listen to any of that stuff. It's not that complex. People just make it complex. And I'm going to try to make it simple here today. In order to explain it in the most simplistic manner, I will use the most common and simplistic words available so that I can get my point across very quickly. So the next point, a door, doors actually are also for securing another place from easy entry by those who have not been invited or do not hold the key to entry. This is kind of key, but keeping that common, simple analogy, we've got to go from one room to another, from this earth to another part of eternity, right? So there is a door that, in a process you have to go through, and doors are secure things that keep value from those that do not respect what's on the other side. Meaning, all right, everybody knows you keep your doors locked at night because the most valuable things inside your house is your it might be possessions, but it might be your family and yourself, your own life. So you keep doors locked so that you can keep bad people out who do not respect what you have on the inside of that door. So you keep it locked. You keep the, the door secure, right? The same thing can be said about eternity. Let's just say that God, the creator, put us on this planet. We are here, and at some point we will cross over into eternity, and there's a door that we must cross through. Now, some common doors, if you might want to use that terminology, or a gateway. And in movies that we've seen, have you ever seen the movie Tron? It had a gateway to its own dimension, right? You know, he went from a physical world into a digital world. So he had to go through that gateway into becoming a digital being, I guess you might say. Pretty good analogy. Kind of like passing from life on this earth to life into eternity. You have to change. You're going to have to move from one dimension into another one, right? Like we did from the womb of a baby, we moved out of there and we weren't breathing oxygen. As we grow and mature, we are breathing oxygen, right? So things change to some degree. 
All right, another movie that I've watched, and many of you have as well, is The Matrix. And if you've seen it, you know there are many doors in that movie that gives them access to different parts of that matrix. And usually they're using hackable ways to enter, but they're always usually using some kind of a key. Uh, they've taken that key and it allows them to access a door that maybe someone else does not have access to, okay? So that gets me to my next analogy. Most doors have a lock and a key. A key allows one who has the right or has been given access to it to enter to the other side. And I'm going to give you the key and I'm going to give you the, you know, how you can access eternity. And it's not from my standpoint. It's strictly based on what the scripture says. So you can read it for yourself, but you may not know about it. So I'm going to kind of go over it with you. And the one who holds the key may access that door and enter into it the other side. Okay. So from what I've been able to read, there's one word and that's called faith. Faith is the key to entry. It's the key to entry into eternity. Just keep that in the back of your mind. Faith is the key. And I'll explain it a little bit here as we go. Now, grace, that word grace, is the lock on the door that the key opens. Okay, keep that in the back of your mind too, grace. So faith is the key, grace is the lock. And here's a third word for you to keep in the back of your mind, belief. That word belief. That belief is the threshold that allows you to pass through to the other side. The door threshold is belief, okay? So what is faith? The Bible explains it as, quote, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see, end quote. And that comes from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. To go over that again, it kind of gives you an idea. Remember, faith is the key. Now, faith is confidence. I mean, you've got to have confidence that faith is there and faith is the key. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for. What are we hoping for? Eternity. Eternity in a more robust and best way possible for our lives. The good side of eternity, right? There is a bad side of eternity, but we want, we're we hoping for the good side of eternity. And in this one sentence scripture, it says, gives us the assurance about what we do not see. Of course, we do, don't see heaven. We don't see eternity at this point, right? We don't know what's on the other side, except what we can read about. Now, here's another scripture. This comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Quote, for we live by faith, not by sight, end quote. And that just reiterates what I just said is that we're living by faith that we're going to get to the other side of eternity we can't see it right so we're not living by sight we can't see heaven we can't see eternity so what do we do we have to live by faith and that's the key right that i mentioned before so if you're holding that key faith and you've got that faith that you will go to eternity on the other side then you're mostly there right now i'll be telling you a little bit more about the faith and how you can hold that faith a little bit better you don't want to lose that key right so you want to use it to get you to the other side so here's another scripture uh, this is from james 1 6 quote but when you ask you must believe 
and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind, end quote. Now, the doubt comes into mind. I don't know if you've ever read scripture, but when there's a story about uh, Jesus and his disciples were in a boat and they were in a storm and the waves were rough and the boat was rocking back and forth and Peter looked out and saw Jesus walking on the waves in that roughest wind and Jesus said, get rid of your doubt, come to me. And so Peter started walking out in that rough sea and yes, he was starting to walk on water, but then he started to have doubts. I don't know if you've ever read that. It's one of the most incredible scriptures. And he started having his doubts. And what happens? Like the waves of the sea, he was blown and tossed by the wind and he started sinking. So that's a great little scripture to keep. So when you get that faith, right, you got that key, you must believe in it. You must believe you've got the faith and you must not doubt that you're going to be taken to the other side of eternity on the good side, right? So you can't be blown about and tossed by the wind or the waves of the sea. Keep that in the back of your mind. And you might say, how can I do that, Jesse? How to just hold on to that key. That's how you do it. And we're going to talk more about faith. And it is a key to eternity. Here's another scripture. Again, we're talking about faith. So I want to try to shore up your, your concept of that word faith. This comes from Hebrews 11 verse 6. And it says, quote, And without faith... It is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him, end quote. Again, going back to faith, you hold on to faith and that pleases God because it says that anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. How does he reward those? With eternity with him. Having that faith, that key, you're coming before that door and you're holding that key out and that's going to unlock that door to be with God who exists in all of eternity and he's going to reward you with that eternity with him. That's my take on that scripture. So I'm looking at this from a Judeo-Christian perspective, which I think most people do and they have a tendency to. And if you're not, then I challenge you to look into it a little bit further. So from that last scripture, it says anyone who comes to God must believe he exists okay and that's where that whole faith comes in to play all right let's take it one step further faith is the key belief is the threshold and grace is the lock on that door jesus said in john chapter 11 verse 40 quote did i not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of god you remember the what belief is it's that threshold so you're getting up to that threshold and if you believe that eternity is waiting for you and that God has given a reward for you for earnestly seeking him, then you will see the glory of God. That's Jesus saying that. Okay, so let's keep going a little bit further. Okay, this is coming from 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 8 through 9. Quote, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an expressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. End quote. Now, to kind of recap on that scripture, we were already talking about, remember, receiving the reward of those who earnestly seek God. Well, now it says that you haven't seen him yet, but you love him. You're beginning to understand him. You're, you've got that faith. 
now that he has that reward for you. And even though you don't see him, you believe in him. And believe me, once you start to believe in him, this inexpressible and glorious joy, as this scripture says, will happen to you. And you're receiving the end result of that faith, that key. And what is it? It's the salvation of your soul. So right there, there's the salvation of your soul. So on eternity, uh, when we leave this life on this earth, there it is right there in front of you. Believe me, if you're not a Christian, you might not understand this. If you are a Christian, you have this inner joy. It's just there. It's why Christians don't get angry about every little detail, as a lot of the populace does nowadays. They get angry at every little slight, and Christians aren't. They just aren't. They have this joy, and it's a glorious joy according to this scripture. So you'll see that. And believe me, once you start looking at eternity in this these perspectives, your joy will start increasing too. And it's a wonderful feeling, believe me. Now here's two more scriptures I'm going to give to you before we start getting into this further. So this is Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 27. Quote, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. End quote. So there's that word faith again. And don't worry about the word baptized right now because it has no significant meaning other than you're sealed to be with Christ. And where is Christ? He's in heaven. So you've clothed yourselves with Christ, meaning you're in his presence, okay? So that's what that means. You're in his presence with eternity. And folks, I'm going to try to cut it off right now. We're going a little bit too long. Let's continue on with this in the next episode. And it's easy to get. Just go to the next episode, the third episode in, in this series. We'll continue talking about this. I hope I don't lose you. Sometimes I get rambling on, but I want to give you clear evidence and simple evidence that eternity is not difficult. Eternity is within your grasp for your future, and let's keep talking about it, okay? So until next time, we'll see you on the next Door to Eternity episode. Thanks for being with me. This is Jesse Carter. Before we get back to Door to Eternity, please consider this amazing offer. Raise funds for your organization the easy way with ProfitQuest.com fundraising. Make up to 50% profit as you raise fast funds for your nonprofit group, ministry, church, school, club, or association. ProfitQuest.com can help you with many different types of product fundraisers like gourmet cookie dough, gourmet popcorn, gummies, snack pizza, restaurant cards, custom t shirts, scented pencils, lollipops sweet and salty pretzel rods, candles, chocolate candy, beef jerky, coffee, and logo tumblers to name a few. Collect your money up front from your supporters by using our handy sales flyers and catalogs provided to you, or sell each item direct to supporters on the spot and keep the profits. If you're serious about raising funds then we have a brand new free fundraising guide for you. Find out more or get started today at ProfitQuests.com. Again, that's ProfitQuests, with an S at the end, dot com, or call 1-800-443-5353. Again, 1-800-443-5353.